You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Knight Properties. And boy, we have a special guest here with us today, Agostino Pintus. Uh, for, for some of you who listen to other multifamily podcasts and real estate shows, he is the uh, founder of Bulletproof Cashflow. And I would highly recommend you, you check out his podcast. He's got a great, great show. Uh, so Agostino is a, a speaker uh, in that regard and an entrepreneur, a real estate investor. He also does some leadership coaching and uh, he's got over 15 years of experience in real estate. So uh, what we're going to talk about on the show today is a little bit differently, but we're going to relate it back to you know multifamily and real estate investing is the mindset um, that goes behind it. So a lot of people ask me and even Agostino, especially if they're just looking to get started, you know, how do they, you know, how do they get started? Where do they go? What do they need to do? Or even for you know experienced investors, you know, sometimes they run into roadblocks. So we're going to talk about some of those roadblocks and how the mindset um, really helps you overcome those roadblocks. So really excited to have Agostino here with us today on our show and and uh, appreciate it. So thank you for coming on. Hey, man, I'm excited to be here, man. I'm pumped up, pumped up, but looking forward to this. It's going to be great. Awesome. So let's talk about real estate and obviously how the ability of real estate, you know, uh, in terms of passive income, allows you to create wealth in your life. Can you talk a little bit about that and maybe just a little bit about your platform and then we can get into the mindset? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you what, um, when I first realized that real estate was even a thing for me anyway, was when I was working in corporate America and we're talking, we're going back like 17 years ago, right? I was working at, at, at some, uh, it was a debt collection type of company, asset management company in that regard. Uh, manage defaulted assets. And I used to run technology. I was like the C-level CIO that ran the the enterprise uh, IT. And a friend of mine says, hey, you know what? You ought to get into single families. I buy these single families and they throw off a little bit of money and yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do that. And up until that point in my career, I was always afraid because I've worked at these, I, I, I went on a big tear working on some really bad companies. So it didn't last very long. <laughs> I would go work at a company, get canned, go work another company, get canned or go work another company, realize how terrible it was, leave there to go work somewhere else. It was a constant movement, right? And it was terrible. It was just terrible. It's, it, I don't know how, even to this very day, how anybody can think that having a job is security. I don't get it. But even when I was working as a CIO, making big bucks at a publicly traded company and doing all this stuff, and everyone liked me there because I've made some huge monumental changes for this company. I was still always afraid. I was always afraid I was going to get canned or something, right? So I figured, you know what? If I can buy enough of these single family homes, I could protect my future. So that's what I started doing. I started buying as many single family homes as I could and started getting into the whole, like the big push into single family and small multifamily. And with the intent, of course, of one day replacing that income that I had working at this, this publicly traded company. Well, you know, 
it didn't really go as well as I wanted it to go because I wasn't able to build it up as fast as I wanted to do it. This is back before 2008 with the crash and all that. And of course, as, as, as property values started to inflate, it didn't really make much sense to me to keep buying stuff and overpaying for things like other people were. And I think everybody listening, if anybody's listened to a podcast in the last uh, six months, at least one of them has to do with 2008 because <laughs> it's all everybody seems to talk about, especially these right. days, right? So uh, I don't even mean to, to explain what happened there, but once everything popped, it, um, it, set, it set aside a whole new explosion in, in a bad way when it came to real estate. So especially in the single family space, commercial didn't even suffer nearly as much, but I didn't know about commercial back then. Uh, but it, after that, though, I went down what I call the ten dark years. I ended up getting I ended up getting canned from this company because the company decided to change direction for whatever reason, and um, that really set me on, on a spiral to do all kinds of other things that I should not have been doing, career wise and, and otherwise, of course. Uh, but it was it was really getting back into real estate with a focus on multifamily rebooting my whole entire life from zero to build up to what we got today. And uh, today we're into just over about a thousand units. Um, we're doing development now as well. We just bought the Rockefeller building in downtown Cleveland. That's that, that asset by itself went all in in 20 months from now is going to be $115 million valuation on that asset, just in terms of how much money is going to get poured into it. Uh, and of course we all know that an asset does not have value really until it starts throwing off NOI. Once it starts throwing off NOI, that's when you assess a value to a property, right? So aside from these acquisitions and this development, we're also into triple net leases as well. So all this stuff, all this real estate stuff changed, entirely changed my life, right? Leaving corporate America, leaving IT for this line of business, it's, it, to me, it's, 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 it's huge. And I should have been doing it sooner. I should have been doing it sooner you know, taking control of my own life. Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's a fascinating story, Agustina. So can you tell our audience, you know, you mentioned you started by obviously single family homes. You were still working, you know, for the man, so to speak. And, you know, you, what was that light bulb moment in terms of realizing, oh, I got to buy, you know, a hundred of these, you know, personally in order for it to really make a difference in my life, you know, financially. So like, and then what was that? How did you shift your mindset from, okay, single family is not big enough. I need to move on to larger, you know, obviously the multifamily is how you started to, to begin, you know, into larger deals. Yeah. So how did you kind of come to that realization? And then what, in terms of your mindset, made you take that next step? Like, you know, obviously you're making good money at your job. How did you get over the hump of leaving that six figure, you know, ch check? Um, in order to to pursue real estate. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. I mean, when I was doing the single family thing, I didn't even know that multifamily was 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 a thing. I I didn't I had no idea. If I would have known, if I would have known it, it was a thing, number one, like it was possible to buy it. Number two, how to syndicate deals, my life would have been completely different, you know. But I had no idea. All I knew was to buy a single family as an investment property from a regular lender, i.e. a Chase, B of A, you know, your, your regular retail commercial type scenario, rather investment property type scenario, uh, then that, which is how I did it, which is very, very, it's not 
it's not the optimal way to do it. There, it, there are other ways to buy single family with less money down. Uh, it is certainly more expensive, but there's other ways. We're not going to talk about that today. It's a whole other show <laughs> right there, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but there are better ways, more lucrative ways of, of doing that. But I didn't even know about that either. You know, I just jumped into buying single family as an investor, putting the whole 20, 30% down, whatever it was. And I, as a C-level executive, I had the cash to do it. So I was doing it, right? Uh, but it wasn't until... After I got candy yet again, and uh, it's 10 years later, and I'm back in Virginia where I bought my first single family home, my investment home, right? And uh, I got canned from, uh, from doing a job I was working at in, in uh, Indianapolis and I ended up going back to live in one of my houses, one of my duplexes that I owned. I'm sitting in my car. I'm looking outside the window and I see this, this small multifamily asset. I don't know, maybe it might've been like, I don't know, 40 units or something, right? And I was talking to an attorney friend of mine and he was a real estate attorney. I'm not going to say he's a friend. He's a guy that I knew. And I asked him, I go, who owns that? And he's like, well, what do you mean? Who owns it? I go, yeah. Like, does a bank own it? Like who owns these, these buildings? And he's like, what do you mean? People own them. I go, what people? He goes, people like you and me. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, how do they buy it? Oh, they syndicate it. Syndicate it. What's that? And he gave me a 60 second overview of syndication is raising money from other people. You get down the, the, the equity, you go get the debt, buy the asset. Very simple. You get a return, give it back to your investors and so on. I'm like, oh, I could do that. You know, I'm not afraid of big numbers. We, in, in, at the C level, I used to buy big assets all the time in terms of technology and whatnot. I can, I can manage this. No problem. I can do it. I'll figure it out. And that's when I realized that is what I need to be doing. Because despite all the problems I had in my life up until that point, working in corporate America, being in constant, constant fear, every single day, fear was running my life, uh, working for the weekend, dreading Mondays, praying for Friday, all that stuff. It's so, so stupid. Our, our time is way too short to be spending time like wasting it away, praying, wishing time away is, is the worst thing could possibly be doing. But, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know any of that stuff. Right. And um, so I ended up uh, really studying and training on my own. I, I did not go to any guru. I didn't know there was even such a thing. I, I you know, I, I just started studying on my own. So I got, I got my hands on every single piece of information I could possibly find, trained, studied, and committed. And at the time, my, my girlfriend at the time, uh, I told her, I said, listen, I'm going to have, I'm going to take one more 40 hour work week job. And I'm never doing this ever again, ever, ever. Mm-hmm. And I made myself a promise and I've not broken that promise since. As a matter of fact, I could never go back to corporate ever. And uh, it, it's, it's totally transformed my life. But I think the, the, what it took to get there was to make a huge commitment to yourself and to your family, you know, in my case, myself and my family to, to burn the ships and really cut off that whole, that whole line of business, that whole, that whole way of thinking that as, as a plan B, there is no plan B. There is, I, I just, all there is is a plan A and I got to make my plan A work and that there is, that's it. That's, that's all there is. You know, it's that type of, of mentality you have to put into your, your head to be successful in this business. Uh, that, that makes sense. So how do, um, <clears throat> how can you help other individuals, you know, shift in the way of thinking that you came to your realization of like, how do you take 
someone from, you know, point A to point B in terms of where they want to be, whether it's, you know, we're talking about real estate investing here. So whether it's developing, you know, more passive income in order to achieve what goal, like there has to always be a why behind it. Right. So in your why, from what it sounds like was, I never wanted to work for the man again. I never wanted to do the corporate life again. It just wasn't you. It's not, I could, it's not in your personality. I I, I can see that. (laughs) So um, like, how do you help other individuals come up with their why? Okay. Why do they want passive income? Like, What's the, what's the meat behind that? Typically, when you're coaching clients, yeah, you know, it, it's funny, Anthony. There, there, there is a a clear point, right, where of where you are today versus where you want to be next, right? And and it's that point they have to define what what your life needs to look like, what your life needs to look like, and what does that mean exactly? The way that I tell my my students when I'm talking to them is, okay, in 12 months from now, we're going to go up 12 months. What does your life look like? I.e., I own a thousand units that produce 12% income, uh, 12% cash on cash IRR. I live in, in, a, in, a, in a beautiful house or just signed a lease on a nice high rise in, in downtown. Miami or whatever. I, I own, uh, I just traded in my car and I got a brand new Tesla. I, all these different things. You're, you're writing it, you're writing out your, your goals as if they currently happened. Okay. And then what you're doing is you're taking this, this annual, these annual goals and you're breaking them down to, into smaller components, into quarterlies. And then from there, you break it down into, into your weeklies, right? So you're, you're, you're almost like you're defining upfront from beginning to end, right? What it's going to look like, right? And what, what effort goes into today to make sure you're going to meet the, the goal that you set 12 months from now, right? That's, that's, that is, that is just one thing that we do, right? The, the mindset is the most important thing. The most important thing, the mindset and the goal setting, how to buy a place, there's plenty of there's plenty of people out there that can tell you how to buy an asset. It's it's actually buying an asset is not that hard, right? It's it, it really comes down to how committed are you as an individual to go and chase after that asset because your first one is going to be extremely difficult. It's going to be tough. The more you do, the easier they become, right? The first development deal that we did, this Rockefeller thing, is it is our first one. It, it was extremely hard. But now the next one is going to be way easier when you take down something like this, right? We, and, we, and this was one of my goals was to buy that asset. I'm pointing out there because I, I ended up moving in a high rise downtown Cleveland so I can watch it every single day. <laughs> That's why I'm pointing at it right now. <laughs> but that was in my vision. I wrote this down. I, I wrote this down. I had I'd said we were going to move downtown and I'm gonna, we're going to live in a high rise and we're going to be able to look out the window and see the Rockefeller every day. And, we, and that's how we do it. That's, that's, that's what happened. It's, it's so powerful setting up your goals like that and setting up the mindset and, and burning the ships to make the decision of what you will do with your life. It, it, that, that's what it is. And then, but not only, not only being like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and write out my goals. No, no, no. It, it becomes part of your, your fabric that, that, makes, that makes you up as a human. That's how, that's how much you have to believe in what you are doing with this business. It, it's, it, it's more than just a, 
a, um, a, a pipe dream or a wish, right? It, it is an actual, it has to become a passion. That, that's, how, that's how crazy you have to be about getting into this line of business. You know, that's how oh. crazy it is. At least it's what works for me anyway. Absolutely. In the real estate industry, uh, you definitely have to be passionate about in order to be successful. I've, I've seen that many, many times with just guests I've interviewed and just people I've encountered with. If you're not passionate, you can get rolled over real quickly. So um, yeah. I can obviously hear the passion in your voice. So Agostino, so uh, can you talk to us about, um, we're talking a lot about mindset here. Can Can you do this alone? Can you go out and figure out apartment buildings, how to buy them on your own. Like, like you kind of did, you did some research by yourself and educated yourself. Um, but what's, you know, how do you kind of form a team around you um, in, in, in a efficient way uh, that doesn't take you years and years and years um, instead of just trying to figure it out on your own, which, which, which you did, it took you some time, but at least you, you know, you did it. So what kind of advice would you have for people looking to change their mindset or starting, you know, let's say multifamily business being on the show? Um, what kind of teams do they need to form around them and how can they do that efficiently and quickly? You know what, Anthony, I'll tell you what, I, I made a huge mistake when I was working in corporate, right? So one thing that I did in corporate, especially when I was working at that, 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 that collection company, we had some huge success there. You know, we, we had this company, we went, we went public. Uh, from private to public, and you know, I had st- stock in this company and made a ton of money doing that, and and it was great. You know, uh, I built a team, the technology team, and I put the team together, and I hired the, the, the I hired all the uh, the people that worked for us, and we did amazing, amazing stuff. I mean, the technology that we created was at the cutting edge of what like of what we of of, of the of the of the industry nobody ever seen it before because i wasn't an industry guy and neither were all my developers and my my network engineers <laughs> nobody was from the finance industry on purpose i did that on purpose right i hired people from outside the industry to come in and change everything and i thought that well hell if, if i'm doing a great job for this company then why should they care uh about my networking or about me communicating with other people and in, in, in in the, uh, in the, within the company, right? I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? If I'm doing a good job, that's very blue collar thinking is what that is, right? Meaning mm-hmm. if you're doing a good job, you're on, you're on the assembly line, you're, you're taking that hammer and you're hitting that piece of steel in two places like you're supposed to do. If, if everything's getting, getting done, who cares conceivably, right? Well, apparently I was wrong, right? I was very wrong. What matters is how well integrated you are, i.e. your network, with with other people how how integrated are you with with your team how integrated are you with with everyone in the company and i wasn't i refused to actually i, I didn't i didn't want to communicate with anybody else you know uh I, nor did i even communicate with my peers outside of our industry or even inside our industry for that matter i did not call on any cios from any other companies like our, our competitors which i could have you know i could have called on them and and uh, form an alliance of some kind or or done things like that i didn't i didn't do it you know that i realized now was stupid Hmm. totally dumb totally stupid on my part you know i should have used if i wanted to build a a a career anyway i should have used my my talent i should have used my station at the time to go and reach out to others like me and go and Go, go call on the CEO of a competitor, not because I want to go work there, 
but maybe form an alliance with them, maybe maybe try to see if there's a way to to uh, help them and then they help us at the same time. And who knows, maybe I'm adding value to my company by reaching out to a competitor. Maybe we, 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 par- maybe we partner up on deals to go buy assets. Who knows, right? These are things that I should have been doing, but I wasn't doing. I wasn't doing, right? That methodology of, of lack of building a team is what burned me, I think, a big part of it right? A, bit, a huge part of it. So what, what many people try to do today is, uh, and I notice this, is that they, they for, for, especially with newbies, they think that they have to do all this all on their own, right? And if you try to do that, you'll either not get anywhere or you're going to get burned, one of the two, or, or nothing happens, probably number three, right? And, and what that means is, is that this is not a a, a lone wolf sport. This is not it. You know, my, what I recommend to my people, the people that, that, that really come to us and, and they want to uh, build, build a future in this business is to find out what you are extremely good at. Maybe you're the one that can put a team together or rather uh, find deals, find deals. Maybe you're the, the other person that finds the deals, can put the deal together. And, uh, but you know, but when it comes to raising money, yeah, so you, you can raise some money, but you can't raise enough money. But maybe, maybe you need to partner up with a money raiser. And maybe that money raiser can't find deals. So you have something special to bring to the table, right? right. Maybe it's, um, maybe they're, uh, maybe you have a partner that is a really, really excellent operator, beautiful operator. They know how to, they, they can get that property humming at 96%. And then they know when they get there, they can turn up the rents even a little more. Right. And they know how to how to how to navigate that those wild waters as well. Operations is absolutely critical. Maybe you're not the operator, but it's okay. You partner up with someone that could bring that to the table, right? The key is that you have to have a strong, strong team and you have to bring something to the table. I have so many people. I want to be a GP on a deal. Okay, what do you do? Oh, I don't know. Well, Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm not being a jerk about it, but you have to bring something to the table. You have to you have to be able to do something that the other team can't do. What do you do that they can't? Right? What what is your what is your superhuman power? That's what you have to bring to the table, right? And if you're not sure, you find out what that is, and you become so good at it that you they can't ignore you, right? That's how good you have to be at it, right? Uh, now, and when it came to me building my team, I actually started with the property manager, the property manager, a good property manager will be able to connect you with deals. They, they know who the brokers are. They've worked with the inspectors. They, they know how to run an asset. And uh, that, that was when I first chose the, the Cleveland market to really go after and build out our business. Uh, that was the first hire I made. You know, I, I went and found a property manager and mm-hmm. uh, I interviewed a bunch of them, found a great one. And uh, we've been working with them ever since. You know, now they manage the whole portfolio. And they do a phenomenal job. So it's, uh, it, it comes down to just finding the right property manager, find the right size property manager to the, in my opinion, you can't go too big. If you go too big, uh, they, they largely ignore you. And if you go too small, they don't, they don't have the, the, uh, how should I say, uh, the knowledge of the, of the, of the market or the market won't know who they are because they're too small. Right. So you want to go right. with like, I'm mean, say a mid-tier, you know, a mid-tier property management company. It's probably a good place to start anyway. And then you build it up from there. You know, you get, you get your attorneys, your inspectors, your CPA, all those sorts of people. 
and build out the team, you know, and you can go to the RIA too. The RIA has a lot of good, good introductions to some of these folks as well. Right. But the key is to, to, to do it quickly. Don't, don't waste your time at a RIA for like a year trying to figure this stuff out. It doesn't take you a year to do this guys. It takes you, you know, a couple of weeks. <laughs> it doesn't <Right>. take that long. <laughs> Right. At most. Right. There's so many re-events, especially online. Now you can go to meet up and find uh, dozens and dozens every week. So there yeah. should be no excuses. Um, yeah. Great. So we talked a lot about mindset. We talked basically the moral of the story is you can't do it all on your own, but there is a mind shift, mindset shift that you have to uh, account for if you're planning on really leveling up your, your business, especially in real estate investing and, and your life. And appreciate the, uh, the sentiments that Agostino uh, shared with us today as we wind down the show. Uh, Agostino, can you talk to us before we go a little bit about your podcast uh, and how people can find you? Absolutely. Absolutely. So on, on the Bulletproof Cashflow show, we actually cover three very specific topics. The first one is mindset, because as we, as we discussed, without the, having the right mindset, you're not going to go anywhere, right? So we, have, we, we actually have a show committed to just mindset. And I interview some of the, the best mindset folks that I could find uh, on our show. Uh, number two, the second show that we do is on sales and marketing, right? In this business, you have to be able to sell yourself to the property manager, to the brokers, to the, your lenders, to everyone that's, that is involved in the transaction. If you can't sell yourself, you're not going to get anywhere. So we cover that in a big way too. Not only not only in person or on the phone, but even online. How do you market yourself, your social media presence, all that. We talk about all that. And then the third thing, of course, is, is everything real estate. So not just multifamily. We talk about other asset classes, everything from self-storage to land and everything in between. The reason why is because even if you're a multifamily person, you want to know something about land. You don't have to be an expert at it, but one day you're going to be at an event somewhere. You're going to talk to someone about their land business and you want to be able to at least speak to them intelligently because you never know. For all you know, that land person may want to get into multifamily. They may want to invest in your deal. It's good to, to have an understanding of different asset classes. Again, my opinion, right? But it makes you a, a well-rounded equity partner if you're able to do that, right? So anyway, that's what we cover in our three shows. Uh, then, uh, of course, we're, we're on all the regular platforms, everything from Stitcher to iTunes wherever, and everywhere in between. We're there, too. And uh, find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, Twitter, all, all the uh, social media. So, yeah, it's like we're, we're putting out all kinds of great material, especially on YouTube as well. And we do a live show every Thursday. So, yeah, we stay very, very busy putting out all kinds of content for to help people like you. Excellent. I would hi highly encourage my audience to... Uh, rate and review Agostino's show, as well as this show, if you like what you heard and or saw on iTunes. It helps our message get out to a greater audience, so we would re really appreciate that. And we'll have a link to Agostino's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, basically everything he just said in the show notes. So feel free to reach out to him uh, in the show notes as well. And again, just wrapping up the show here, really want to thank you for coming on, Agostino, and, and hope to see you on here again sh soon. Uh, excellent. Thanks very much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you.